0: So um, again, I'm going to be recording this and putting it out um, on YouTube, and I also am recording it so that we can put it out on our podcast. I've been having some issues with our podcast lately. For some reason, the file format that uh, Zoom puts out, for some reason, it's been having a hard time converting and getting up into the podcast. But since we're continuing with the series that we started several weeks ago, <clears throat> I want to try to work a little bit harder and, and see what I can do to make that happen so that we can get the podcast up and running for people that we're used to going back and listening to those Sunday morning and Wednesday night messages. Okay, so, so the whole series that we talked about uh, before is the series of one thing is needful. And I'm going to go ahead and share and kind of go back and forth in between um, the um, uh, PowerPoint that I have here. Uh, just so that way you guys can see my face and we can go back and forth. But um, I really wanted to go through this as a bit of a review, just talking about why we wanted to go through this series and why I think it's very applicable to where we're at right now and with what's going on with all the quarantine stuff and just the time that you guys have. Um, as I've said before, anytime you guys are in a period of transition, it is always a period of vulnerability. And I really believe, and I share it even today for those of you that were on the daily reading discussion Uh, that I've been very, very burdened for a lot of these students and even other people that have been a part of our church and, frankly, other churches that are not choosing to stay connected. Um, And I know that when things like this unfold, it really is a true test of someone's motives as far as where they're at between them and the Lord and how much they actually think that they need to be connected with other believers. But it is absolutely impossible to walk with God the way that you should if you're not connected to other believers. And that's something that's very, very important. And so since that's been a burden on my heart, I've been thinking about this series on and off and just bringing it back again, because we wanted to spend some time talking about how really one thing is needful. One thing is needful and really talk about what does it mean to master the essentials of the Christian walk. And so as we consider that, um, you know, I, I want to spend some time getting into a little bit of a review of what we talked about and what we covered in weeks past. Uh, And really, the headline verse for this was Luke 10, 41 and 42, where it says, And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. So in this scenario, Martha was busy serving, and Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And while they were in that scenario, Martha got very frustrated. And so it really gave you the sense that, that she felt that Mary was being unfaithful, that Mary was, was really neglecting her walk with God and really neglecting what she should do in her walk with God, when really that was not the case. She was choosing something that was better. She was choosing something that Jesus actually desired, and that was to have a close, intimate relationship. And so that's a very key indicator for us that sometimes we think that when we serve God, we're actually doing what God wants us to do. And that's not necessarily the case. And what we can learn from Mary and Martha is that before you really serve God, God has to have your heart. Otherwise, your service does not mean anything. And this is a deep, deep truth that I think that you are going to learn and relearn and relearn for the rest of your life. But this is something that I think we need to talk about and spend some time discussing and exploring because I think many of us, and I think you could even probably go back over the last few weeks and just say, yeah, I've struggled being consistent in the Bible. I've struggled in my consistency when it comes to my prayer life. I know that I've not been doing the best that I should be doing, even at home or whatever. And I think about that verse, and I think about how with Mary and Martha, you know, it was a scenario where um, that she, she was doing what, what she should have been doing, and she was just sitting at the feet of Jesus hearing his word. And so that's very important for us to consider, um, because I think a lot of times we think that we're doing the will of God when we're not really doing the will of God. And, and the key is, is that God has to have your heart. And so as we talked about that, then that led us down the direction of a few questions. And these are some of the questions that we asked each other uh, when we were um, just talking about this several weeks ago. And, that, and that's these questions. Do you know how to walk with God? Do you know how to walk with God? If there is no one else around, and there was no other option, it was just you and God alone, would you be able to be confident in how to walk with God and have a fruitful communication and a fruitful relationship with him? Do, what do you struggle with the most? And if you could change anything, what would it be? And we spent some time really talking about what our struggles were, and when it comes to being consistent with God, and uh, maybe even some of the, the ability to have the right answers to questions that your friends may ask you, and so we spent some really good time talking about some of that. And then we talked about this picture. And this was the picture that I really wanted to put in your guys' minds. And again, I have it in that PDF as well. It's the first page of that PDF. And that is the fact that you have this section here, this communication with God. And this is really where it begins. Communication with God, reading, prayer, and keeping your heart. And we're going to begin there tonight. But communication with God is central to everything that we do. If we really want to grow If we really want to become strong, if we really want to become faithful in the work that God has given us, then your communication with God is critical. If you don't have proper communication, you're not going to do anything for God. And this is a constant battle, even for me in my life, because the moment that I stop being consistent with my reading, the moment that I stop being consistent in my prayer, my well runs dry. I have nothing to offer because God's not filling it up because I'm not going to him to get it filled up. I need to spend my time with him in order for me to have something to minister into other people. So that reading and prayer and keeping your heart is critical. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight, but I have that picture going into the work of the Lord because your communication with God is the basis for everything that you do. And that will fuel the work that you do for God. So anything you do when it comes to evangelism and how faithful you are in discipleship, whether you are a disciple or you're discipling is totally dependent upon your communication with God. If you lack in your communication with God, you will not share the gospel with people when you have an opportunity. If you lack in your communication with God, you will not be faithful in discipleship. If you lack in your communication with God, you struggle with these things because you're not reading, you're not praying, you're not spending time with God. And when things are going well and you are working well with the Lord and you are doing what he's called you to do, it's because you are having that quality time with God. And so, once you begin doing that work of the Lord, that's where you can really learn how to grow. Because as you start to put things into practice, then you can really learn how to grow, how to do some serious spiritual strength training, and really work with God as um, 1 Corinthians 3 talks about how that we're co laborers together with Him. If it's not 1 Corinthians, it's 2 Corinthians 3. But it says how that we're co laborers together with God. That God is really, He really is depending upon you for His glory. And so in order for that to happen, you need to learn how to study the Bible. You need to memorize scripture. You need to be even more faithful in discipleship. And all of those things come out of your communication with God as it moves into the work of the Lord. And then as you begin to grow, then you have that big gray cloud with lightning bolts up top, and that is the potential pitfalls. And so there's always going to be things that are going to want to stunt your growth. There's always going to be things that are going to want to try to stop you from growing, and that is personal sin issues. Uh, relationships and relationship issues, whether it's dating or friendships or even bad relationships, even within your own family. I mean, there, there's all sorts of things that can get in the way. Uh, ruts and plateaus, kind of getting stuck in certain places and you don't know how to get out or you've grown, you've kind of just plateaued off and you don't know what's wrong or things seem seem really, really dry. And then again, life transitions. And this has been a big life transition. And so I really feel like this is something that we definitely need to bring back and talk about it at least every week to keep it in the forefront of what's going on. And then I just kind of focused in a little bit more on those things. And so we're kind of coming back to that one thing is needful. And so what we're going to do is that we're going to start off by talking about communication with God. So that core of everything. And this is probably the most critical aspect. So the next three Wednesdays are going to be very, very critical um, when it comes to the rest of the series. So if you know that there's somebody that would like to be a part of this and they can't make it tonight, then make sure they get the link to that YouTube video uh, or they know how to access the podcast. So that way they can get in the loop uh, with this message. So uh, but this is going to be this is going to be probably the most critical one. So communication with God. So we want to talk about reading the Bible and how to read the Bible, not not study, read, reading the Bible and why that's important. We want to talk about prayer. And why prayer is important, and really how to go about having the right approach to prayer. And we need to talk about keeping your heart. And as I was kind of trying to figure out which one to talk about first, um, I thought, yeah, we could talk about reading first, or yeah, we could talk about prayer, or first, or you know, one right, one, one right after the other. I really kept going back to keeping your heart. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. I want to talk about what does it mean to keep your heart because. The reality is, is that if you struggle with reading the Bible, if you struggle with prayer, it's because your heart is not in the right place. And this is something that I need to remember in my own life as well, because anytime that I'm struggling in my walk with God, uh, when it comes to anything that I'm doing is generally because my heart is not right. My heart's not in the place that it needs to be. And I need to get my heart back to where it needs to be in order for me to actually have a good quality time with God and keep building my relationship with him so as we go through this and you guys have questions and stuff you know feel free to raise your hand through the app and I can try to answer some of your questions don't feel bad about interrupting at all uh, because chances are if you've got questions about something somebody else does too so we really need to be able to all be on the same page so I want to talk about keeping your heart keeping your heart that's going to be our focus for tonight and really understanding what does it really mean to keep your heart so uh, let me go ahead and share back with the, uh, the PowerPoint here real quick. Okay, so keeping your heart. Um, this is something that is very, very important. So when it comes to prayer and the word, keeping your heart is the most critical aspect of your relationship with God. And so I want to talk about what the Bible says about keeping your heart, and even practically, how can we keep our heart? And I want you guys to give me some of your ideas on things that either you do or maybe some things that you need to do a better job with when it comes to keeping your heart where it's supposed to be. So Proverbs 4.23, if you want to turn there, I know we're going to be going there. I I wanted to put it up on the slide, but Proverbs 4.23 is the verse for us when it comes to this whole topic. Uh, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. This verse needs to be a verse that you guys have burned into your head, burned into your heart. You need to memorize this verse. This is a critical, critical verse. Proverbs 4.23, keep thy heart with all, diligent, all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Okay, so to keep, all right, so I wanted to define keep, and there's a couple of passages of scripture that we can take a look at. I'm going to get some volunteers for me to read some of those, uh, those verses but to keep all right so this one's a long definition because it was in webster's 1828 and i wanted all of it so i'm like i'm just going to throw it all in the slide because it's just so good all right so to keep means to hold to retain in one's power or possession not to lose or part with as to keep a house or a farm to keep anything in memory mind or heart so that's one definition Another one is to preserve or to retain. Another one that I like is to preserve from falling or from danger. To protect, to guard, or sustain. Another one that I really like, too, is to tend, to have the care of, or to feed. And so when you see the word keep, uh, some other translations of the Bible use the word guard. And, and it's an okay, like that's one of the definitions in here, but to keep. I think is a much more well rounded definition. It's a much more well-rounded word in light of this context, because to keep something is to most certainly guard it, but it's more than that. It's to hold it, it's to it's so that way you don't lose it, so that way you can preserve it, you can retain it, you can keep it from falling or away from danger, and you can sustain it, you can tend it like you would a plant or a garden to have the care of it or to feed it properly. And and I like that last one, to feed, because if you don't feed your heart the right things, my goodness, it's going to be so much easier to sin. It's going to be so much easier to fall into things that you never dreamed you'd ever fall into. And so as I thought about that, I kind of took those definitions and I, and I put this down on uh, my, the study sheet that I sent out to you guys. Um, and it says, uh, to keep your heart means that you hold it close, that you preserve it from corruption. That you protect it from danger, that you guard it from the enemy, that you tend it for growth, that you care for it as something extremely valuable and fragile, and that you feed it properly to promote health. Your heart is the most prized possession and should be handled with extreme care. And the reason why is because the second part of that verse, for out of it are the issues of life. I believe firmly that people are way too careless with their heart. I think they are way, way too careless with their heart and not just in a dating realm. Like that is a given. I mean, that's just a given. There's a lot of people that, that tend to, like I've been that way and I've given you my testimony that when I have been in dating relationships in the past, I tend to give my heart away too fast, which means I open up my heart uh, in that relationship so much so that I give it everything that I have. And there's an upside and there's a downside to that because the upside is I'm very loyal when it comes to those relationships. And even when it comes to my friendships, I'm that way too. But the reality is, is, that when I do that, I am now more vulnerable and I don't do a good job of guarding and protecting my heart at times. Now I've learned to be much more balanced over the years, but that's something that's very important for us to consider. But there are people that don't guard their heart when it comes to things that they just let into their head. Because the things that you let into your head when it comes to the things that you watch, the things that you listen to, the things that you participate in, even the things that you don't necessarily, that you may not participate in, but you allow it to occur, um, they can affect your heart uh, really bad to the point where you find yourself making some pretty terrible decisions because of the influences that you have right there in front of you. And so we need to be careful. We need to be careful. And this is a vulnerability that we all have. Um, Give me uh, three volunteers. I wanted to read three passages uh, for this word keep because there's three places that it shows up as far as the first mentions that would be good to read. All right, Sam. Uh, Sam, go ahead and take Genesis Um, 2.15. Alana, you can take Genesis 3.24. And uh, Tyler, you can take Genesis 6.19. So these three verses, the first one, Genesis 2.15, is the first the, uh, first mention of the word keep in the Bible. So, Sam, whenever you're ready, go ahead. Yep. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Okay. So this is the context of the Garden of Eden. The Adam was there, and he put him in there to dress it and to keep it. It was his job to keep the garden, to dress it, which means he wants to make it look good, but to keep it, to guard it, to protect it, to preserve it. Uh, to nourish it, to make sure that it's growing properly. So that's where that comes from. And that's the first mention of the word keep in the Bible. All right, um, next one is uh, Genesis 3.24.
1: So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims, and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life.
2: Okay,
0: so that one is the next one mentioned in the Bible, and that's within the context of keeping or guarding so that way no one could enter into the garden to eat of the tree of life. And then Genesis six nineteen.
3: And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shall thou bring unto, into the, the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female.
0: Okay, so to keep them alive, to sustain them, to make sure that they don't die. So that was in the context of Noah and the ark. So that's another one that's very important to to take a look at. So that's the definition of the word keep. So I wanted to make sure to hit that one. Now, this part, why is it so important? Because out of it are the issues of life. Now, when it comes to Proverbs 4.23, which I'm going to share my screen here again, um, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The state of your heart and in whatever it's doing and whatever it's involved in, from your heart you make decisions the things that you do your future your future career relationships um, the things you go and participate in um, the things that you don't participate in um, the, where it comes to you know maybe you struggle with reading your bible or even when it comes to struggling with prayer or to just be faithful in the things of god it's because your heart has, is not kept if your heart was kept properly then the issues of life would unfold in a biblical fashion. And that's why I love this verse. It's very simple, very straightforward. Keep your heart with all diligence, with all diligence, because for out of it are the issues of life. If you are willing to keep your heart the way God wants you to, then the decisions you're going to make in life are going to be decisions that honor God. And they're going to be things that you are never going to regret. And so I got a few passages. Let's go to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew 15. I want to take a, verse, take a look at verses 10 through 20. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 15, 10 through 20. <clears throat> okay, so Matthew 15, 10 through 20, it says this. And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth of the man, But that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou, the Pharisees, that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. And Jesus said, Are ye also yet without understanding? Do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth in the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the draught or the sewer system. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and they defile the man for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat, with unwashed hands defileth not a man. So that was the issue of the Pharisees here. The Pharisees and the Sadducees thought that, well, why are you why are you eating from cups and plates and using utensils that are unwashing? They're unclean. Why would you do that? You're defiled. And Jesus is like, No, 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 no. No, not at all. It's what comes out of your mouth, because what comes out of your mouth is revealing where your heart's actually at. So this goes right in line with Proverbs 423 Keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Your heart is revealed by the things that you say and the things that you do. And this is hard for us sometimes because I feel like we're very good at deceiving ourselves and thinking that we're okay when we're really not. And if we would just be honest and say, you know what, the evidence of my life shows I'm not really walking with God. You, if you would just be able to see that and admit that, you would be at a much better place than most Christians today. Because the reality is, is that we are not okay. At our very core, we are not okay. We have a huge problem. We need God. And the moment that we think we don't need him, we have huge issues. And the greatest evidence that we have in our life that we don't need him is that we don't spend time with him. That is the greatest indication that you are telling God and the rest of the world that you don't need him and that you've got this stuff handled. And that is a very dangerous place to be. And so if you start to sense that in yourself, you need to be aware of that. You need to be aware of that. You need to catch yourself and you need to repent. You need to get back. You need to make sure that what you're doing is right in the eyes of God and you're at where you're supposed to be. And so that's why I think this series is perfect for us right now, for us to really evaluate this. Okay, so that's the first point. Now, I got a couple more verses I want to share with you here real quick, Um, and I've got them up on the PowerPoint here real quick. So let me share that. All right, so out of it are the issues of life. Now, this one goes with that point, too. Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? This is a verse that has been ingrained in my mind and in my heart because I know that this is me. This is my heart. My heart is deceitful above all things. If I give my heart room to sin, it's going to go that direction. And I can't even let it have, even even an ounce, I can't even let it have any amount of room or else I'm going to fall into trouble. Because when I do, it falls into trouble. I end up sinning against God every single time. And then the other verse that I like about this one too is Proverbs 28, 26. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. So the Bible is very clear. Our heart is corrupted. And if we trust in our own heart, if we trust in our own ways, if we trust in our own line of thinking, we are going to end up becoming a fool. We are going to make foolish decisions, and the results will prove that. And that's why God says, Proverbs 4.23, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. He does not want you to be a fool. He does not want you to be deceived by your own sinful heart. He wants you to keep it, because out of it are the issues of life. God cares very deeply about the decisions that you make each day. He cares very deeply about the decisions you make each day, and it's very important that you understand that. I mean, a lot of people look at God as some sort of condemning God who's up there, doesn't understand what's going on, and he's just, you know, has his finger pointed at me all the time. That's not it at all. God is very interested in your life. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to do well, and he is in your corner. God is not against you. God is never against you. If you ever feel like God is against you, that is a lie. God is always for you. He desires you to be successful. He wants you to do the things that are right because he knows that's what's best for you. It leads to a place where your life will be so much better. I mean, we even talked about that today in our daily reading in John 13. Um, it was one of the verses that one of you guys brought up. And I think it was Alana who brought it up. And it was the, that, you know, if you know these things, happier ye if you do them. The key to happiness is obedience, because when you obey, you have a clear conscience before God, and when you have a clear conscience before God, you can actually enjoy your life. There's so many people that don't enjoy their life because they're living in disobedience. They're constantly having to hide their tracks and to manipulate and cover up their lies and to make more lies on top of lies to justify their behavior, and we need to just really take heed to what the Bible says. So that's Proverbs 28, 26. I love that verse. And so now this leads us into our next point. And, okay, so now we've kind of identified that. We've really seen the fact that we need to keep our heart. And we saw what that means. We saw that we need to keep it because out of it are the issues of life. Well, now, now it comes naturally into this next point, And that's this. We need to ask this question. How can I keep my heart properly? Okay, I know I'm supposed to keep it. I know it's something that the Bible tells me to do for out of it are the issues of life. The things that come out of my mouth, the decisions I make, those are the things that defile me. Jesus said that very clear in Matthew 15. So if that's the case, then how can I keep my heart properly? Well, we got a few verses. So Jeremiah seventeen nine leads right into Jeremiah seventeen ten, And I love this verse. So even though our heart is desperately wicked and deceitful, and he says, who can know it? The next verse comes right after. I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. We may be deceived about our heart, but God is never deceived about our heart. He knows exactly where we're at. He knows exactly what's going on. Even though we may try hard to lie and to manipulate and to paint things in a certain perspective that makes us look good. God knows deep down the real answer. He knows what's happening. And he is the one that we need to go to. And I want to take a look at this next verse. Proverbs 23, 26. I've said this verse many times, but in light of this context, I had to share this one just because it's it's such an impactful verse for me. So you have Solomon speaking to his son, and he says, My son, give me thine heart, and let thine eyes observe my ways. God is the one that searches our hearts. He knows deep down who we are, and yet he loves us anyway. And I love that about God. I love that no matter how far we go, that he still loves us the same. And it is God speaking to us in this verse. And he is telling you, my son, my daughter, my son, give me thine heart. And how do we do that? And let thine eyes observe my ways. Someone who is not willing to let God have their heart, they will never observe God's ways. They'll never be interested in it. They'll never look at what God has to say. They don't care what God has to say. People that that want their heart to be in the hand of God, they care very deeply about what God says. They care so deeply about what God says that they will not make a decision without consulting God and his word first. So Proverbs 23, 26 is huge. It's so important. God wants us to give him our heart. And the best way we can do that is by observing his ways. And we observe his ways, not just to gather knowledge, but in order for us to truly understand what we need to do. And then I want to take a look at this passage. So everybody turn to Psalm 139, Psalm 139. And um, I'll get two, actually, I'll just get one person to read. Um, I think um, we'll read verses 23 and 24. We'll just get one person to read. Uh, I think, Emily, you are next up if you want to read, unless you're traveling home.
2: All right, she might be.
0: Okay, anybody else want to read Psalm 139, verse
2: 23 and 24? All right, Emily Owens. I think you're muted. Sorry. That's okay, go ahead. <laughs>
4: Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting.
0: Awesome. Thank you. These two verses accurately describe exactly what that Proverbs 23 26 verse is talking about. Someone who observes God's ways, they are someone who talks to God, and this is what they say God, I want you to search me. I want you to know my heart. Now, God already knows his heart for sure. So why is he saying it? You know what I mean? Like, this is one of those dynamics where it's like, no, God knows his heart, but why is he saying it? You know why he's saying it? Is because from a willing heart that typically hides from God or desires hide from God, he's approaching God and saying, God, I need you to search me and I need you to try my heart. I need you to look. I need you to see what's there. He's opening himself up willingly and saying, God, would you please just look at my heart? No matter what's there, I need you to look at it. That is someone who's willing to be honest and vulnerable with God. And so there's a colon there, so it explains, search me, know my heart. What does that mean? Try me and know my thoughts. Try me. So put me under the test. Show me if this stuff that's in my heart and these things that are in my mind, show me if they're true or not. Completely open, completely vulnerable before God, completely honest. And then verse 24, and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Lead me in the way of everlasting. So if there's any wickedness at all, at all, whatever it is, show it to me. And then I want you to lead me in the right way, which means that he is going to follow. If God is going to show him and is going to lead him, then he is going to be willing to follow wherever God leads. That is critical. That is someone who desires to observe God's ways. That is someone who really desires for their heart to be in the hand of God, that they're willing to go to God and say, you know what, God, this is going on in my life or whatever it is. I need you to just search me. I need you to search me. I need you to try me. I need you to know my heart, know my thoughts. And if there's anything at all, if there's anything at all that is dishonoring unto you or that is not pleasing in your sight, show it to me and then lead me. And I will follow you wherever you want me to go. That is massively important, massively important. So that's critical. And that's what it really means when it comes to how do I keep my heart? That's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. You got to be open and honest before God, no matter what it is, no matter where it leads you, you're asking him to show you and you're asking him to lead you. So that's Psalm 139. We definitely need to talk about that. And then lastly, on this one, I wanted to show you Proverbs 2, because building off of that point, I wanted to hit Proverbs 2. So go ahead and turn to Proverbs 2, Proverbs chapter 2. And um, I'm going to get um, two readers. We're going to break in between, and I want to explain a couple things. But I'm going to get two people to read: one person to read verses one through nine, and then someone else to read verses ten through twenty-two. So, who would like to who would like to read? I'm
2: waiting. Don't worry. Yeah.
0: All right, Sam, you can do the first part, and then Megan's going to do the second part. What is the second part? The second part is verse 10 through 22. Proverbs 2. Yeah, Proverbs 2. All right, Sam, go ahead when you're ready. Proverbs 2, 1 through 9. Yep. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, If thou seekest her as silver, and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous, he is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment, and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness, and judgment, and equity, yea, every good path. Okay. I love these verses. This whole chapter, I'm just a huge fan of. Um, There are certain verses in the book of Proverbs that it's like they build one on top of the other. You got boom, 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 boom. And you can just kind of see how everything builds. And what's really neat is that you can almost work your way backwards. So I want to show you this really quick. So in Proverbs 2, let's start off in verse 9. Okay. So, The question is, it says, Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. Okay. Do you desire to understand what is good in every situation? Yeah? You can nod your head if you want to. (laughs) Do you want to understand what's good in every situation? Because it says you'll be able to understand righteousness, judgment, equity, yea, every good path. You'll be able to understand what is good in every path you travel, you're going to be able to understand equity. That means what is fair and what is just. You're going to understand how to make proper judgments. You're going to understand what is righteousness. Okay, if that is what you desire, that is like the end of the road. It's almost like we have a map. And verse 9 is the landing, is the landing place. It's the last portion on the map of what we're going to be able to get. So if you desire that, and then work your way up to verse 8, he keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Do you want God to preserve your way? I do. I want God protecting me. I want God preserving me as I travel through life. Absolutely. Same thing. And then he layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He's a buckler to them that walk uprightly. God sets aside sound wisdom for me. With everything that I go through in my life, anything that's happening, he lays it up for me. He, he puts it in store for me when it's ready for me to partake of it in whatever decision that I make. And he's a buckler to me so he can keep me safe. Because of verse six, the Lord giveth wisdom and out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Okay, so understanding every good uh, judgment, equity, every good path um, that God will keep my way, that he lays up sound wisdom for me, that he desires to be my buckler to hold me secure. It comes from his mouth. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Okay, so that means if I want to do that, then I have to get my advice from him. I have to get it from his mouth. And his mouth, his words, is the word of God. It is. God is the one that gives wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Okay, well, then that's great. All right, so the Bible is my answer for everything. Absolutely. Verses 6 through through 10 basically tell you that if you're willing to listen to what the Bible says, then you will understand everything that you need to know. Okay, awesome. Got it. But here's the reality. We struggle to get in our Bible sometimes. We struggle to actually listen to God well, it's because we're not obeying verses one through five. One through five really gives you the indication of what you need as far as your heart condition in order to hear God's words in verse six, in order to get that sound wisdom, for him to be your buckler, for you to keep those paths of judgment, for him to preserve your way, for you to understand every good path. So verses one through five give you what your heart should be like and let me just ask you and i'm going to read through these verses slowly again i want you to ask yourself this question is this my heart is this my heart today like right now is this my heart's desire okay here it is my son if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee so that thou incline thine ear into wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding yea if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasure, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. I believe that most of us struggle with reading our Bible and we struggle with praying because we do not earnestly desire to hear from God. That we earnestly, in the deepest parts of our heart, we do not really care whether we hear from God or not. There are days when I'm reading my Bible and all of a sudden I'm like, what am I doing? I'm just reading it just to read it. I need to stop myself. I need to go to God in prayer. And I need to ask him one question, God, I need you to teach me. I need you to guide me. I am here right now because I want you to show me what I need to do. I know that without you, I can't do anything, and I need you to teach me today exactly what you want me to hear, exactly what you want me to know, so I can make good decisions today. And then after I pray that, because I mean it, then when I get into the Bible and I start to read the things that he has for me, I'm looking for God to speak to me. I'm expecting him to speak to me because I know he wants to, because I'm obeying what it says in verse 3, crying after knowledge and lifting up my voice for understanding. I'm seeking her as silver and searching for us for hid treasures because that's the only way this is going to work. The only way that we're going to be able to have the desire to get into the Bible is if you expect to hear from God and see, this is something that's massive and I hope that I never get over it. The God of the universe desires to talk with you daily throughout the day. Like if you were to just stop and just think about that just for a moment The God who created everything, who created all things, that that has all power and all authority, that can see everything in a moment of time, he desperately desires to communicate with you individually. Who are we? Like, who in the world am I that God would want to talk with me? Like, does he know who I am? I mean, sometimes I feel like that, and yet I'm like, no, but it is true. God does want to talk to me. Why else would he have given me his word? Why else would he want to spend time with me? Of course he wants to be with me. And I need to remember that because then I can open up the Bible and I can open up the Bible expecting God to speak to me, expecting for him to, to show me what I need to know for that day. It really comes back down to our heart attitude. I am willing to bet any amount of money that if you were to approach God on a daily basis with a heart that is expecting to hear from him, And what an honor and what a privilege it is for him to humble himself in order to speak to you. And that he has something especially for you today. I am willing to bet you that you would get into the Bible. You would not hesitate and you would dig into it because you know that he has something for you. I believe that because that's the only time in my life where I feel like I have actually had a living relationship with my book because this is just, I mean, it's just a book. But when I open it and I'm praying to God and I'm talking to Him, He will communicate to you. And I think that we really struggle when it comes to reading the Bible because we don't look at it that way. We don't see it that way. And because we don't see it that way, then we're not going to keep our heart. And because we're not going to keep our heart, then we're going to start making some poor decisions that are going to lead to some poor consequences and lead us in a place that we never wanted to be in the first place. And so it all comes back down to your heart. You should never open up your Bible without getting your heart right first. And getting your heart right first means you're talking to God and you're being honest with him and that you are expecting to hear something from him first. You can't can't read the Bible without that. You can't. There's no way. It's not going to work out. It's not going to work out. Okay. So with that said, um, I wanted this to lead us into a point of discussion. And, um, you know, really, it can be a couple different things. You can either talk about, um, you know, what you... Uh, really got out of or some of the things that really kind of hit you or some of the things you've experienced with the stuff that I've been talking about Um, or it can lead into this question how well do I keep my heart Um, you know some of the questions I've been thinking about is is how well am I keeping my heart where do I do well where am I lazy when it comes to keeping my heart or maybe you just have a question on on a specific circumstance on how to keep your heart and you're just kind of struggling with it right now whatever it is Um, you know, I want you guys to share a little bit. So you can share a little bit from, you know, the stuff that I just talked about and things that you've learned and things that really kind of hit you or convicted you. Um, Or maybe it's something that you're just kind of working through right now and you need to share with everybody or maybe ask questions when it comes to how do I deal with this or how do I deal with that? Whatever it is, um, I want you guys to take some time right now and ask those questions. So I'll I'll open it up. Whoever wants to do it, you can just go ahead and raise your hand or you can um, unmute and we we can go that way. All right, uh, we got, I think, Jamie first. So Jamie, or Andy, whichever one you are, you need to unmute. Here, I'll unmute you. Is that Yep, you're good. Okay, thank you.
3: Um, no, kind of what you said I wanted to share with this is that with my schedule being kind of changed around, um, you know, I had a bad attitude about three weeks ago, um, and by that, it's because... I'm still working and everything has been good on that. And I'm very fortunate. But I'm very stagnant in my life because of it, because we have even restrictions at work. Um, It's kind of a very poor time to be a cop because we're not, I have to wear a mask inside the building. Now it's getting to that point where it's getting real bad. And I had to put myself in check because everything, my attitude was getting so bad and slipping because I hated being told that with all the changes that we all have to adapt to, to, just really simply adapt, and uh, I, I didn't like that, and I had to remember that, hey, you know, I'm still working, I need to be fortunate about that because others are not. Yeah. And, um, but the good that came from my negative attitude about it was, I get to go in at 7 a.m. now, and I, I get off at 3, which is great hours, I'm finally adapting to the change after nine years of working second and third shift, is that when I go in at 7, I'm the only one there in my office, and that's what I've been doing my quiet time. And uh, it really is something to be said about when you can have quiet time in the morning. Is it, I mean, yeah. you got to have Bible and coffee. I don't know what order, but Stephen, I know you can attest to this. Megan's over there smiling. It's true. I mean, we, we need coffee in the morning too.
2: <laughs> and yeah. I'm the
3: first one up in the DB office. So I get the coffee pot going And the secretary already had prep for me. He has my little note on there, but I've been reading uh, first John and that's written to us. So I'm like, okay, this is something simple. Let's get back in and, like you just said, God, what is it I need to know? I mean, you need to teach me because I've also been very guilty of just reading. Right. Because when we, when we have that, when we're not preparing our hearts, just like I was going through this issue three weeks ago, I found myself just reading words on a page. And really these aren't just words on a page. Right, we're talking the living book. And we easily oversee that. I mean, our, our lives have been put on halt right now and let's just face it, we're all a little ticked off. We're all a little bitter about it. I mean, I don't like coming home doing the same thing. I feel like I'm living Groundhog Day over and over. But what, what you can really go into this whole thing, and I won't take up too much more time. But First John, um, it's going to be the, the second chapter. You can really do, do the whole thing. But when we were talking about the definition of keep, uh, I read this y- uh, yesterday, and it can stick with me. But whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him by keeping that. And um, I know that when I start reading every day, if I keep my heart where it needs to be, like you just said so so eloquently, that those are the real issues. And yeah. you know who you are right now. And I'm talking to myself. I had issues with my heart, with my attitude uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's, it's just amazing how much more time when, when you think about that, that really, like you said, when you're not walking right. The trail that we leave behind, and we try and clean up after ourselves. Yeah, uh, it really can affect you. So I want to encourage you guys to make sure if you're in that same boat that I was, or you're currently going through it, put yourself in check. Where is your hard attitude about that? And that's just something that really struck me when you said that. I'm like, oh, I just read this, and that's awesome. Yeah, so awesome. That's where I'm
4: at.
0: Thanks, uh, man. Somebody else. I appreciate it. Hey, right. all right, Haley Hulse, what do you got?
4: Um, I'm. Have- Kind of a question. Um,
0: Yeah.
4: When you're trying to guard your heart from people, and maybe there's like someone who is just there, you can't necessarily get away from them. Um, They're in your classes, they're in like your sport, like whatever that may be. And maybe they're not the greatest influence, or you know, they're like kind of hesitant in their walk with Christ, maybe not the strongest. Yeah. And you still want to, you know, show Christ's love to them, and you still want to be a witness and be in their lives, but you also need to guard your heart from that. Do you have any like advice on how to do that?
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I what I've noticed, at least for me, anyway, um, guarding my heart has a lot to do with my emotions, um, and and from my mistakes, one of the things that I've learned is that. Um, I can still be friendly and I can still be cordial and I can still be, uh, even loving in a way with someone, but there's, there's a certain internal emotional, uh, line that I can't cross with certain people. Like, um, you know, I, and and I guess, I guess the, the emotional line for me would be, I I could label as being almost like trust in a way. Um, you know, I, I keep myself guarded from a lot of different people um, for many different reasons. And, um, and I think as you get older, this is something that you'll definitely learn through experience, you know, from making mistakes and doing things well and just kind of a mix of both. Um, but when it comes to, like, for example, probably the best one that I can give is just when it comes to even like a potential dating relationship, you know, I was giving advice to someone uh, a couple months ago on something very similar where, you know, this guy was, you know, being attracted to this girl. And so he was like, you know, maybe this is someone that I should be dating. Maybe this is someone that I should be interested in. And I told him, like, listen, when you're in that type of scenario, you've got to, you just got to stop. Like, you have to recognize that your heart is about to go to that place with that person, And you have to literally stop it from even happening. Like you can't even, you can't even go there. And so the best way to do that is to become very objective in your thinking um, about that person and about that circumstance. And so like the, the one that you gave about a person that you still want to be, show the love of Christ to, but at the same time, they're really not the best influence and they don't really walk with God. I think that there's still a level of respect you can have towards that person. You can still talk to with them. You can still care about them, but there comes a certain line where you're like, okay, I can't even let my heart go to that point because of one, two, three, four, five. I mean, it's a literally an objective list that you keep that I can't go there because you know, of this, or there's this, and I know this is not good for me. and I know this is not good for my relationship with God. I know this is not good for my heart and that you literally have that ready to go So that way, when that happens, you don't even let your emotions get to that point. Um, I don't know if that answers your question or not, but I know that I've noticed that when it comes to my own heart. And dealing with the heart and heart issues are very, it's muddied waters. And I think that's why a lot of us make mistakes in these issues. Um, And I think the greatest indication for me has always been the truth. Truth always clears up everything. And truth is always very objective. And truth can also be very loving, but you can't let emotions drive anything that we do. Truth has to drive it, and then emotions will follow. And that's the way it always works with God. We tend to be very emotional beings, so our emotions tend to lead us first, and then we figure it out later. Where truth is something that will cut through a lot of things where you can still love and care about somebody, but yet still guard your heart and keep it from being affected by that person, and mainly it's because of some objective things that you know are very biblical and that are very true that will help you stay where you need to be. Does that help?
4: Yeah. Can I just kind of add on to that, like, a little bit?
2: Yeah. So,
4: yeah, that pretty much covered it, Um, but, like, what if I have, like, one of my closer, like, maybe not closer. I didn't mean to say closer. Um, What if I have, like, another, like, girl that I'm just friends with, and I I can tell she's, like, insecure or, or, like, really struggling, Mm
2: -hmm.
4: but, like, also is all of those things that you were listing, Yeah, and it's not so much of a scenario where I have to, like, guard my heart from, like, not dating them because they're not a guy, but I still want to influence them. Like, how would you?
0: Yeah, I think that there's always an element where, um, you know, you're going to be as close to someone as they let you be to them. Um, I think that you can always uh, talk with them and to care about them and, and really, uh, like you said, show the love of Christ in that scenario. But there is not going to be complete fellowship with them um, until they have a change of heart and a change of mind. Uh, it's similar when it comes to, to friendships. So like when it comes to friendships, the example that a lot of people give is where you have one person stand up on a chair and another person is on the bottom and they say, okay, the person up on the chair, try to pull that person up while that person is pulling you down. It's much easier to pull someone down than it is to pull someone up. And so when you're in that type of a scenario where someone may not necessarily be walking with God and you're fearful about them potentially dragging you down, they definitely could. And I think, again, in that scenario, having that objective list in your mind is actually a good approach in that one too, because you'll know that in order for me to be in complete fellowship with this person, I have to compromise on this, 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 and this. And knowing that your relationship with God should be the most important, keeping that very objective and very truthful, then that will limit, it will have to limit your friendship until they change. But it doesn't mean that you can't care about them or reach out to them or um, still minister to them as you have opportunity, but your friendship is just going to be limited just because you don't have everything in common. Does that make sense? Yeah.
4: yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, those are difficult ones because we want to care about everybody, but there are certain people that are always just going to be an arm's length away until they get right with God. And, we, and, and if you're in a scenario where, and you have to know your own limitations and your own weaknesses too, because it's much better for you to not be in a moment of weakness where you will compromise than it is to be in that moment and then pretend like we're ministering to them because it generally does not work out well yeah yeah thank you yeah good question all right any other questions or comments or even thoughts about the lesson or maybe something with um you know keeping your heart or something that you struggle with or anything like that anybody
2: or maybe something God's been teaching you lately on this one
3: And if you have a question for me, please feel free to ask. I got great answers.
0: (laughs) Right. All right, Alana and Danny, I don't think this one's for you. I've
1: just noticed that in my own life, like, even if I am getting in the word, if I'm getting in the word just to, like, check it off my good Christian checklist, then it really doesn't make a difference in my day. But, um, like, that verse in John that we read today, happy are you if you do the work or however it worded it but it's so true like I see a difference like when I'm actually like getting in the word and just listening to God it like really impacts my day and I'm thinking about God more and I'm looking for opportunities more whereas when I'm just like reading it just to read it I'm not looking for opportunities I um just not meditating on godly things as I as much as I should be so um just like the difference between relationship and religion, um, it's really important because you know, religion it just talks about works, and I feel like, you know, earlier in my Christian walk, that's what I was doing. I was just reading it just to read it, and you know, sometimes I struggle with that now, but it's important just to think of it as a relationship. You're talking to God, and He's talking back
0: to you. Yep. So. Yep. That's good. It's so true. And I I have to catch myself. I mean, it's not something that's ever really going to end. You have to work hard at catching yourself that you don't just keep it another task list item or a to-do for today. Um, It's got to be something that actually means something. Um, And it's never, reading God's word is never a waste of time. I mean, I think that God will definitely put things in your head, even if you have a wrong attitude about it. Um, but it is so much better to actually read with the right heart attitude and really wanting to walk with God and to learn from them. Yeah, that's good. Thanks for sharing that. Anybody else? Yeah. Rick and Megan, I don't know how you're going to speak both at the same time, but no,
2: Rick's gone. (laughs) (laughs) As long as the dog doesn't bark and the kids don't interrupt, right? Yeah, right. Um, It's just, ironic coincidental that right now I've been um, doing my devotions in the book of Deuteronomy which is my favorite one of my favorite Old Testament books I absolutely love it and um, especially the beginning chapters five and six especially how much it focuses on the heart and of course it being the law of love and we do we obey God because we love him um, but it goes right along with it and Um, In five, in chapter five, verse one, um, it talks about that we may learn them and keep them and do them, and it it's like the flow of it being from a head knowledge to going to our heart, and then it leads to our actions. Um, So between that and then um, chapter six, verse six, in these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, because it's a matter of the heart. You know, it's everything that we're putting in our hearts, and that's it lines completely up with what we talked about this morning in John chapter 13. Yeah. It talks, um, it lines up with what the girls are doing in the girls Bible study and the Abiding mm-hmm. Christ book. Mm-hmm. And you know, God's just bringing all those things, all three of those things together for me. And it's, it's neat how it all lines up together.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I definitely feel like, I mean, we're all in a scenario where things are different and things are strange right now and it's not the norm. And so there's opportunities that we have uniquely in order for us to really keep exercising our relationship with god and um yeah it's not a coincidence that you guys started that abiding in christ book and then all of a sudden everything kind of hits the fan um god's good at connecting all the dots even when we're slow to connect them i love how he does that he's just so good
2: awesome all right anybody else have anything all right alana you got something again
1: Sorry, Megan, just kind of reminded me of this. So I've been reading yeah. too. And um, one thing he said that really like stuck out to me was basically along the lines of like, the reason we aren't growing in our walk is because we don't trust God to get us there. Mm. And honestly, we overcomplicate things a lot. Like We do. You know, getting safe is easy, so he's not going to make walking with God difficult. Like It's probably one of the easiest things we can do, but we just let our fear and our pride hold us back and then we make things complicated and then we get overwhelmed because we're stuck between living in the flesh and living with God but if we just like just trust God just take that step and just say like I'm just gonna abide in you then things will be so much easier
0: yes yeah yep it would be if we would just let God have control things would be a whole lot easier it would be awesome thank you All right. Well, that's good. So this will be what we'll do for the next few Wednesdays. Uh, Next week, we're going to focus on reading and what it means to read your Bible and the importance of it, which we all know, but I think we need to approach it, again, with a right heart attitude. And I want to talk about um, even some of the things that you guys do when it comes to reading your Bible. What kind of, you know, if you do a reading plan, what does that look like? What works for you? I think it'd be encouraging for us to have a discussion about that just so that way people can have ideas of maybe something different to do um, when it comes to reading their Bible. So this is really what we need to meditate on until next Wednesday and we'll pick it up from there. Um, And so I'll close with a word of prayer here real quick. And then um, I found a way to actually share my computer audio so I can share that video. So we'll close with a cool Carl. That'd be fun. All right. So let's go ahead and pray. God, thank you so much for tonight. Um, Thank you for um, just helping us to uh, have this opportunity to open up your word and to talk about these things. I pray God that they would affect our hearts. Um, I pray for a lot of the youth and um, the singles and the adults that are just um, maybe just not doing the best that they could be doing when it comes to their walk with you during this time. And I just pray God that you would convict them in their hearts and draw them close to you and and that you would teach them and guide them and that they would follow you. And I pray that we'd be able to reach more people because of this circumstance than ever before. Um, I know tonight that through the live stream, we kind of put it out there that we're opening things up for really anyone to join any high school or to join this, uh, this study in weeks to come. I pray that'd happen. I think that'd be really neat to be able to get people involved from other parts of the world and just to be able to connect together through this venue as long as we have it. And, um, and so God, we just trust you to lead us and guide us to where you want us to be. I pray for the opportunities you're going to give us over the course of the next several days. And uh, I just pray that we would be obedient and uh, that we would be constantly leaning upon you and that we'd work hard to put our hearts in the place where they need to be. So thank you, God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being so good and so patient to us. And I pray that we would just always trust you no matter where it leads us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: When we get okay. back together, I'm going to hug and kiss everybody just so you know. <laughs> I miss everybody.